with a vision, where we discuss all things supervision. I'm your host, Sarah, professional counselor, marriage and family therapist, play therapist, eating disorder specialist, and cookie lover, with my co-host, Heather, marriage and family therapist, certified together in Texas counselor, a Texas transplant from California, and outdoor adventurer. Hi, welcome to Supervision with a Vision. Today, Heather and I are talking about different pieces of advice that you might get from a seasoned counselor. We read Lessons from the Masters, published in Psychotherapy Networker 2020. Heather, the first point made in the article was be open to not knowing. Do you think that's an important lesson you've learned as a counselor? I think it is something you need to remind yourself of every day. (laughs) You you just don't know. You don't know what someone else's experience has been. You might be with topics that you're just not aware of or that you're not skilled in. I think when you put on the hat of a therapist, you need to be ready to be constantly learning. Even when you think you're an expert in an area, there's always new research. There's always new upcoming topics that come out of that. Yeah, I agree. I think the counselors that I know that have been counselors for a long time that I really admire and look up to are always interested in learning more, Right. are open to new ideas, things that they haven't learned about yet. I'm really wary of a counselor who says that they know everything that concerns me. I think that, you know, I kind of worry that their decision making right. isn't grounded or could be founded in something that's right. no longer not, used, right. not, not current. Cur- right. I think that can happen really easily if maybe they became an expert in something and only practiced it that way. They just are almost textbook with what they do without ever changing the textbook from 1990. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get anywhere if you're still stuck, mm-hmm. whatever you learned in school. Yes. I have noticed a pattern in super different supervisees that. That I've worked with right at the end of finishing a master's program. And then maybe again, year, year and a half after having finished, once they're practicing for a while, I see lots of new counselors panic a little bit and get worried and realize, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. I thought I knew something when I know nothing. Right. And I actually really appreciate those people. Well, I think it's awareness of knowing, you know, uh oh, I'm not as skilled as I could be. Mm-hmm. Then that gives you that opportunity for growth. It mm-hmm. gives you that chance then to seize that and go research, go Mm -hmm. to another CE, go to something that you're going to get more information on. Mm -hmm. I guess, you know, what you're saying also makes me think that part of what I'm appreciating in those supervisees is their acknowledgement of feeling of panic. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I don't know. I've just scratched the surface. I really don't know how to do this yet. Which I mean, just right out of school or a year and a half in, you don't yet. And that's okay. You're always going to have a first time with a client that comes in with something you haven't experienced before. Mm. That will continue to happen your entire career career. Right. So yeah, you can't anticipate what every client will do every time. Right. I kind of love that about being a counselor. But it is very refreshing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your days will not always look the same. Right. Your clients will not always interact with you in the same way. Heather, the second point in the article was walk your own path. What does that mean to you? Okay. So I literally see this as do your counseling, how you're going to do it. Have some good guidance along the way. Don't be free fall mm-hmm. everything. But if it works for you, then it's something you can develop. You have a way of interacting with clients with a certain diagnosis and that seems to work with you continue that way mm-hmm. continue to do therapy the way you do therapy find your own way of doing it don't feel like you need to be an imitation of everyone 
else. Right. You're not trying to do Freud counseling. You're trying to do Heather counseling. Right. Right. I agree. I'm remembering a job that I had. I was kind of the the counselor with creative ideas and games mm-hmm. and um, toys and things. Uh, sometimes counselors would get stuck and not have a group idea or something, and they would come to my office and say, "Can I borrow or can I do that thing?" And a piece of me would think, "No." Right. Because you have to do it your way. Mm-hmm. You can't copy what I've done and expect that it's going to work the same way. And a lot of times I would maybe lend out a game or, or give them a, a ball or something. And they would come back and go, it just wasn't that great. Mm-hmm. They didn't participate. Well, because y- you didn't put your spin on right. it, your stamp. Right. So walk your own path to you means put your own stamp mm-hmm. on it, make it yours. When I'm thinking about make your own path or walk your own path, it makes me think about what I thought counseling would be like, the kind of job I dreamed of or mm-hmm. imagined even before I started a master's program or during. I actually, I think I was four or five years out of school and I got the dream job. Okay. It was actually the job that I'd hoped for maybe as 18, 19, 20 years oh, old. Wow. Really, okay. I made myself sick, physically sick, <laughs> trying to hang on to that job and love it. Right. Because it was the be. best job. Right. right. It was supposed to be the best job ever. I was, I had pictured myself retiring. Mm-hmm. Someone was going to throw me a retirement party in that break room. Right. I ended up working there a handful of years and quitting and moving on to something different. And I struggled with letting that job go. It was the best decision I could have made. Right. I felt so much better, even just two weeks later. Right. I could feel that my body was better. Right. After I think having that's quit. important because sometimes what we think is the perfect path mm-hmm. takes a turn. Right. That we have to be ready to flex on. Right. And that example, I thought I was making my own path, but I wasn't allowing myself to adjust or change right. or dream something new. Heather, the third point, don't apologize for your boundaries. Do you ever catch yourself apologizing for boundaries? Not so much anymore. Mm -hmm. I used to do it a lot more than I do it now. Mm -hmm. But I think over time, life changes and alters along the way. And you come up with what your new boundaries are, what's important to you. Mm -hmm. A couple weeks ago, we talked on a podcast about sometimes saying no is saying yes to something else. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's kind of my been a little mantra in the back of my head for a while. So I'm better now. I don't have an issue apologizing for the bigger, more obvious boundaries. Occasionally, I'll question myself. I probably still stick to them pretty closely, but I will question and think about small what feel like smaller boundaries. Oh, okay. Um, an example would be kids chewing gum in my office. Oh, okay. It just really drives me crazy. I right? get so distracted that right? I can't focus on what we're doing or what we're saying. Mm-hmm. And so a long time ago, I started saying no gum in my office, totally for my benefit. Right. I think for some people, it's like self-regulating. So right. it could even be positive for some people. But it, for me, it is so dysregulating. Mm-hmm that I just can't right. focus. I, I will occasionally question, am I being unreasonable? Does it really matter that much? And then I eventually circle back around to, it does to me. Mm-hmm. Right. It's going to alter how I'm doing my job. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's important to have that out there. Mm-hmm. You said for the most part, right. it's easy for you to hold a boundary. Can you think of one that maybe have a hard time with, or you at least reevaluate occasionally? I have clients I see at the dinner time hour mm-hmm. and I have a pretty hard and fast rule. No 
eating in session, unless we're doing something like having a snack or something, the fast food coming in and out can be triggering to Mm -hmm. other clients I see. I try and say, if you need to eat, just eat in your car before you come in and I'll, you know, Mm -hmm. or eat in the waiting room even. That's better than coming back into the office with your food. Mm -hmm. But of course, I see teenagers and kids that are sometimes hungry at the 630 appointment because they've been in school and then they had an activity and now they're coming to counseling. They're rushing from one thing to the next. Right. So So you do sometimes think, well, what if they... Uh, they need food to feel mm-hmm. <laughs> full to be able to do therapy to you mm-hmm. know so I think there's sometimes push on me to go oh am I just silly about that mm-hmm. every once in a while someone slips in with something and I'm like, okay well yeah now here we go remember next time not to bring your dinner mm-hmm. <laughs> I think sometimes I might reevaluate or start to question myself and a lot of times someone will push the boundary and it will reinforce right like the, why I mm-hmm. thought the boundary was important I'll think yep that's why right that's why we need that right. like leaving a group mm-hmm. for whatever reason and you might be leaving right when someone's saying something really right. difficult for mm-hmm. them to say and you get up and go to the bathroom or... right um okay the last point in our article this week specialize and actually in the article it repeated it three times right. so they really thought specialize was really important you know i would tell you and i probably need to do some workshop on this but i've been doing this a very long time and i could not pinpoint my specialty very well i never went and pursued getting like play therapy certification. Mm-hmm. I had classes on it and I've done CEs on it, but I've never quite gone that way. And I maybe 50% of my clients are kids. I definitely love working with couples. And so I probably market that a little bit more, do more networking with couples therapists, things like that. It is one of those things I think I'm still working on. I'm still trying to figure out oh, exactly that like specialized yeah. point. I love working with my older teenager clients. And I also have a few clients that are elderly that I just love mm. working with those. So I have mm-hmm. a really hard time with specialized like I don't know. I specialize in relationships. How's that sound? Well, th- why can't that be a specialty? It seems very broad. I think their point sure. was like, really nail it down. Like, I don't know. Maybe we're going to find it today, Heather. Okay, okay. we're going to work uh, on but it. But I do think <laughs> what you're saying connects with the first point. Right. Be open to not mm-hmm. knowing. Mm-hmm. Maybe part of you occasionally thinks, well, why don't I know what it is? I right. need to know what it is. And right. then part of you thinks, I don't, I'm still working on it. Right. Process. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of this type of question from supervisees lately. Mm-hmm. You and I have said this, I think, to each other. New credentials, certifications are sprouting up like weeds. Yes, everywhere. Yes. Every training now concludes with the option to continue Mm -hmm. to get the certification if you're willing to go through a little more training and a lot more money. Right. Does it feel that way to you? Absolutely. I have a lot of supervisees who will ask me, what do you think of this credential? What do you think of that training? Mm -hmm. You have to know what holds meaning for you. There are a ton of trainings out there. Some of them just don't have have the value yet, maybe, or Mm -hmm. they're not going to. They aren't marketable. No one else knows what these trainings are. So Mm -hmm. if you say, I have Sarah and Heather certified approved Mm -hmm. therapist training. Great. They're going to, I mean, I don't know what that means to anybody else, but you and I. To me, the most important thing is finding the thing that speaks to you, that holds meaning, that you're going to get benefit. And I'm even going to say enjoyment out of for a long time. Oh yeah. You cannot do our line of work without having some level of of connection, enjoyment. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of different credentials that aren't specific to me practicing. Right. The eating disorder credential, mm-hmm. play therapy. I've also done some trainings that I got interested in. I did for a little bit, learned about, and did not pursue oh, the entire certificate. I've done that as well. And gone, eh, I mean, really, what is that bringing to me? Is the mm-hmm. value of how much it will cost really worth mm-hmm. this label? Mm-hmm. I got the information. I have the knowledge now. I may even apply some of it with mm-hmm. supervisees or with clients. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't necessarily 
necessarily mean that I'm out there wearing that. I would relate what you just said to getting a PhD. Okay. You could go down that road and spend a lot of time and money. Mm -hmm. But I think in most cases, if you're not going to use the degree for the mm -hmm. focus that the degree holds, then you're you're just adding letters Alphabet soup. to your title. Do you really enjoy it? Do you really want mm -hmm. to use the skill that you'll gain? I know my first day in doctoral classes, the professor asked the class, why are you here? And we all kind of like giggled, like <laughs> nervous. Right. Um, but he went, no, really, I want you to write that question down, spend some time thinking about it, write down some thoughts right now, spend some time thinking about this. He let us do that. And then he said, if you're here because you want someone to call you doctor, oh. it's just not going to be enough motivation. Right. That's you're not going to hold enough. You're, yeah. You're going to get worn out, tired, frustrated. Mm -hmm. it's, that's just not good enough, a, a, a big enough prize at the end to get you through this. Right. I think he was right. I think the people in that room where that was probably mostly their mm -hmm. focus, either they left or they found a bigger focus. Right. They, they found, found something, something else, else right. that, that drove them to continue. Right. That's a great example. Yeah. So when supervisees tell me this, I don't have one suggestion. Right. It ends up being a conversation. What are you interested in? What do you like? Mm -hmm. What do you not like? Right. And it may change. You may mm -hmm. be something that's really important right now and specialize in this for right now. Mm -hmm. But as your life changes and as things take a different path, you may decide, ah, oh, that work maybe needs to go a different direction. And maybe mm -hmm. I'm going to do this now. So it can change. You can, all of that knowledge is valuable knowledge. Do you think, not that we're, we actually are going to find your specialty today, but <laughs> do you think... <laughs> Over time, you've had you had maybe a focus or a specialty, and it's shifted. I would say that I used to be far more invested, where I really thought I would only see children and adolescents mm -hmm. at the beginning, and then over time it shifted just because I liked seeing couples, and then we had kids of our own. I still will not see kids the same age mm -hmm. as my kids, too close. Mm -hmm. Now I really have found passion about my young adults and my mm -hmm. older teens, and I love that. Mm -hmm. But I don't necessarily think that it'll stick forever. I would. That will shift and change as my kids get older. I see myself doing that too. I think there was a time where I hadn't ever seen any young adults, college students, and had very little interest. Mm -hmm. And then I had a couple of young right? adult college students, and they fit my specialty either through eating disorders right. or something else. And I thought, oh, that's fun. Right. That's entertaining. Let's yeah. do this. Yeah. Who that knew? Makes me think. Really, what comes to mind is a college student, young adult, you get to explore sex the way right. that you cannot oh, explore not with <laughs> Teenager right. or exactly. younger kid, right? So they they talk about it more mm -hmm. openly and mm -hmm. freely, and it's just a different dynamic. Right. You actually get the whole person a little deeper. Mm -hmm. So a specialty might change. That really fits with be okay with not knowing. Right. And you and I are saying a specialty has to really spark your passion. Mm -hmm. It can't just be something that looks good or sounds good on paper. Or I think last week we talked about supervisors who's become supervisors either because it was the next step or their job told them right. to. That doesn't sound like a passion. Right. Ultimately, probably not a specialty because it's just not something absolutely that gets you excited. So there might not be a label. I may not other. have a label. I get to not have a label. Right. <laughs> or an age, like a group of people range. or right. an age range. It could be something I'm going to hold on to relationships. That's my specialty for mm -hmm. now. What do you think? Where would that lead you? If that was your specialty, how could you get more specialized in that? Maybe I even have without even noticing it. But the CEs that I tend to pick are classes that are more on like new ways to mm -hmm. engage with couples or, or blended families actually mm -hmm. do love that work too. Those type things are usually the, the things that lead me to mm -hmm. want more. I like that idea because if we all stuck to what other people thought were specialties, think of all the fields that would not have been explored. Right. Food for thought. Yes. <laughs> okay. Thanks today for listening to Supervision with a Vision. 
You've been listening to Supervision with a Vision. Head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Therapy Academy to join the conversation and get show notes. We'll be back next week with more Supervision with a Vision.